And I'm Dan. And this is the Wikicast, a podcast where Wikipedia takes us to a random article each week and we talk about what we find. Dan, what are we talking about this week? This week, Simon, we're talking about the tunnels of Gibraltar. Ah, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay, hit Very me, hit me with the, that yeah. blurb. Well, the tunnels of Gibraltar, constructed over the course of nearly 200 years, principally by the British Army, have made the Rock of Gibraltar's a veritable warren of tunnels that housed guns, hangars, ammunition stores, barracks and hospitals within, the, within a land area of only 26 square miles. So Gibraltar is the tiny little... Um, it's, a, it's not an island, is it? It's like a spit of land. Or has it been made artificially mm. a spit of land? Was it originally an island? Um... Good question. Because that is linked to the mainland, but I don't know if that's like an artificial construction or if it was originally just like a... Uh, it was just an island. Uh, evidence of Neanderthal habitation in Gibraltar, so... But, I mean, they could have swum, you know? Yeah, but it wasn't like an artificially made piece of land, was it an answer to your question? No, 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 no. Like, I know that the I, I know that the, the, the land it was always there, but like my question was, was it originally... Mm. Was it always linked to Spain? Or have we built a land bridge subsequently you know it doesn't say i mean uh uh, within recorded history the first inhabitants were phoenicians around 950 bc so one would assume they must have boated well yeah i mean from um carthage uh no no hang on no 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 phoenicia carthage was a phoenician um what's it called uh colony i think it is an no no isthmus is the wrong word it's like a peninsula isn't it it's not an island i don't think okay yeah so this is the tiny little um bit of land that the uk still somehow owns Mm. uh in in the the straits of gibraltar in the way into the mediterranean so obviously it's like really significant for trade and militarily it was really really significant so the british army what just dug a bunch of tunnels underneath the because it's called the rock isn't it there's the rock of gibraltar which is like the fortress and this is underneath that yes so to put it into perspective gibraltar has around 34 miles or 55 kilometers of tunnels nearly twice the length of its entire road network whoa yeah so the first tunnels excavated in the late 18th century served as communication passages between artillery positions and housed guns within embrasures cut into the north face of the rock Okay, so uh, uh, to begin with, it was just linking stuff up and then presumably Mm. it got more and more complex over time. Yeah, more tunnels were constructed in the 19th century to allow easier access to remote areas of Gibraltar and accommodate stores and reservoirs to deliver the water supply of Gibraltar. Ah, okay. Because, I mean, uh, actually, this kind of links into something um, I listened to this week because uh, Gibraltar is pretty similar to Malta, really, in that it was a very key territory like an like it's an island for i know it's not an island as we just ascertained uh it's like an island fortress like malta um yes uh where, where we went on on choir tour and i just listened to mm. um i think it was this week's in our time i don't know if you've listened to this i don't think so because it was on uh the siege of malta um which uh, okay. was between uh the ottoman empire uh, literally the the date was in the title of the podcast and i've already forgotten it uh hang on i'm gonna have to google mm. that really quickly um so and, and and the key thing in that siege which i learned from the podcast incidentally readers if you don't listen to in our time uh you absolutely should uh 1565 that was the one mm. um which which was a siege and uh you know like really really historically significant as far as europe was concerned as far as the ottomans were concerned it wasn't terribly significant um mm. uh you know and a key thing was 
distributing on a ba- what was basically an island fortress. Uh, you mm. know, it was distributing things like water and supplies. Um, so that immediately uh, reminded me of that one. Yeah, there you go. Um, but this, I've never heard of these before, the tunnels, because I've not been to no. Gibraltar. No, nor have I, nor have I. Um, they sound amazing, though. I've just been doing, like, as I say, I just keep doing some more, uh, some more reading. There was, there was a statistic. Hang on, let me try and find it. Do we have any readers in Gibraltar? Ooh, I don't know. That'd be cool if we did. Hang on, you. So you, you, you look up the um. You, you hit me with that statistic, and I'll have a quick look on our statistics to see if we have any listeners in Gibraltar. Yeah. So I think I sc- I was scanning through and I saw sit- something like it's it's set to yeah um, the twentieth century saw by far the greatest extent of tunneling when the rock was turned into a huge underground fortress capable of accommodating sixteen thousand men along with all supplies ammunition and equipment needed to withstand a prolonged siege. Uh, the tunnelling finally uh, ceased in 1968 when the British Army's last specialist tunnelling unit was disbanded. Since then, the tunnels have been progressively taken over uh, to the civilian government of Gibraltar, although a number are still owned by the Ministry of Defence, and some have been sealed off entirely as they are now too dangerous to enter. Ooh. I mean, so that's yeah. inter- that's a few interesting things then, actually, that uh, mm. there's uh, the, the British Army had a specialised tunnelling unit uh, up until when did mm. you say it was? Like the 60s? 68. Sixty-eight. Wow. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, it's quite a it's it's quite a significant, you know, like part of warfare. Like tunneling is quite quite an important thing. Well, there's a film, isn't there? What's the what was that Australian? Um, Austra- Austra- oh, what was that film? Underhill seventy. Oh, about the Messine Ridge. Underhill sixty. Underhill sixty. Beneath, yeah, beneath hill beneath hill sixty, set during World War One, the film tells the story of the first Australian tunnelling company's effort in mining underneath hill sixty in the Ypres. Uh, Ypres. Uh, Ypres. Ypres. Hauteur. Hauteur. On the Western Front, uh, during the war, the a series Front. of mines filled with explosive charges were placed beneath German lines to aid the advance of British troops. It's a very good film. I hadn't, I hadn't even heard of it. I'll be honest. I mean, because mm. I've been learning it's... about the battle uh, via the the Great War YouTube channel, which is of course fantastic. Um, but um, yeah, I think Hill Sixty is the famous one where yeah, it was this absolutely titanic explosion, um, mm. and it was like a really really effective use of tunneling by the the Allies, and that uh, it was. It's so interesting that like in, in the war by that point, because I think this happened in uh, 1916, 1917. Um, mm where by this point everyone was so depressed and like no one was expecting any kind of success anymore i think and so mm. they did this they basically just tunneled underneath the messine ridge um and then planted a whole bunch of explosives and blew the whole thing in the sky like it was an explosion that unlike anything anyone had ever seen before and everyone was just so stunned that they didn't really make the most of it they were like what do we do now <laughs> like mm. we're not we're not used to like going forwards um, yeah, and of, co- and of course, it's also uh, features in Birdsong. Am I right in saying I haven't actually finished the book? But I think that's I'm right in saying that it's part of the the book Birdsong. I haven't read it. It's I've been, I've been told I should read the book. It's meant to be excellent. Um, okay, because uh, it's it's one of those ones that certainly because it was published in '93. So basically, for as long as I've been reading, it's always kind of been there, looming in the background as like a very. A, you know, a big important read, the same as like yes. 1984, or um, yeah. I don't know, Brave New World, or what? What? What are the big reads that you've read and and actually enjoyed? Because I find a lot of these books you read, and it's just a bit like I don't really get the hype. It wasn't that enjoyable, you know. Hmm. I haven't really. I haven't. Well, I haven't read any. Uh, You're an English novels. student. 
How have you not read any? Of what, war novels? No, like big reads, you know, like really significant texts. Oh, I have read those. I was saying I haven't read any war novels. Um, oh, right. I've been, um, yeah. Um, you know, you must have, the uh, the call must have dropped out there. Sorry, to not to alarm readers. I do actually read as an English student, contrary to popular belief. <laughs> I was going to say. Um, big reads. Ooh, uh, I read a heck of a lot of kind of classic literature in my first year. Um, ooh, tell you what, is a massive disappointment and a waste of time and no one should ever read it because it's rubbish. Um, oh, I could go to town with that. Is that the dis- discography is semitoned? <laughs> no, sadly not. It's uh, it's Gulliver's Travels. Oh, really? Uh, is that Jonathan Swift? Shit book. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm gonna have fun censoring that one. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, Jonathan Swift. Okay. Yeah, because uh, he that was one of like the great early modern novels, wasn't it? Yeah, it's rubbish. Yeah, yeah you sound like Rob. You're like yeah. I, yeah, don't, don't I bother, don't absolutely <laughs> loathed reading that book. It was just just such a bore. Um, it was boring rather than necessarily bad. I, well, I think it, I found it boring because I just didn't enjoy the book and because I I found it bad. Um, it's just so <laughs> bloody, like, ugh, long-winded and, uh, yeah, not a fan at all. I actually went to I mean, uh, Blackwell's on campus the other day because I had to pick up all my new texts. Um, and I do, in fact, have. Let's go on. It's it's no it's no printing corner, but let's have a foray. Oh, listen to this for the ASMR. Oh, even I got that on, on our low quality Ooh. call. Yeah. So, hang on. I'll just get all the books out because there's a hell of a lot of them. Right. Sorry, talk amongst yourselves, readers. <laughs> Oh, okay. I was, I was, I was, I was so like waiting in anticipation that I, I just thought I was, I was, I was waiting to hear. Oh, lovely. So we haven't mentioned this yet, dear readers, but Dan is feeling a little bit poorly, aren't you, dear? I've been very, I've been very ill, and oddly, um, it, it, it came about. We, we were recording the podcast last week, and we got to about the last kind of twenty minutes, and I started feeling a bit shivery. I'm like, oh, that's odd. Um. Okay. Well, I had I'd been feeling completely fine, um, and I had I there was this sudden kind of moment where I was like, "Ooh, this isn't nice." And then within the space of about half an hour after hanging up the call with Simon, I went and made a cup of tea, came back into the lounge, kind of sat down for a bit, and then just was hit by this wave of illness. I was shaking and like feeling like nauseous, and it's just been this this week has been absolutely dreadful. Um, I had I've been to the doctors twice and they were like we don't really know what you've got come back in I'm meant to go back in today um for them to kind of if I haven't made any improvement they said they were going to run some blood tests um Mm. because they were like we think it could be viral but if it persists it's probably bacterial so we don't know really so but that was really helpful but I'm 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 starting to feel on the men now so by by this time next week I should be uh, I should be sorted but I've got my books okay right so, for English, I am reading uh, Horace Walpole's uh, The Castle of Otranto. Never even uh, heard of it. Okay, is, that's... It's kind of like, uh, it's a classic kind of foundation of Gothic literature. This is for my Romanticism module. Um, right. So, we're talking Walpole, obviously. We're talking uh, Austen. We're talking Byron. We're talking Keats. We're talking Wordsworth. Mm. We're talking... It's very exciting. It's very cool. Um 
I then have uh, Northanger Abbey by Jane Austen. Nice. I've not uh, read that one. She's very exciting. Uh, no, I haven't read that one either. Um, I absolutely adored uh, Jane Eyre. See, I've read... Uh, what have I read? I read Pride and Prejudice, which I thought was quite frothy and, like, undeservedly popular. Um, and then I really liked Persuasion. Because mm. mm. it, it just felt a lot more mature. Like, it, it, had, it was like an adult's take on uh, being in love rather than, like, all frilly and doilies and, and kind of mm. I guess I, I obviously it's like a light read it wasn't intended as like a serious book I suppose Persuasion is just kind slightly of more of a serious crikey book crikey gosh Mr Darcy you doth yes. the lady doth protest too much um, yes I well have you read Jane Eyre I don't think I have I need to read more Austen actually you'd like you'd like if you liked um, Persuasion you'll like Jane Eyre mm-hmm. um, it's, that was one of my favourite texts in fact the essay the summative essay that I have to submit this term uh, there are no essay titles. We get to come up with our own, which means that we can use any text that we like as well. And we can come at it from a, any perspective we like, really. So we can talk about a real kind of um, romantic, with a capital R, themes um, being carried on into kind of contemporary literature or the present day. Um, or we can look at, like, from a historical context. And, yeah, it's going to be really cool. So I'm well, very excited for that the, essay. There was, like, the period of romanticism, wasn't there? And then would you say there was a Victorian kind of period between romanticism and and modernity oh for sure yeah so the victorian era of literature is the only area the era that really has a defined start and finish as soon as victoria was crowned and as soon as she um died (laughs) yeah basically that's literally it it's the one literary era that really has and has a start and a finish every other one you've got kind of like a ballpark date um, yeah, and so that's stuff like so Darwin, like, um, not Darwin, Dickens, uh, and yeah. Hardy, and H.G. Wells, was he Victorian? I think so. But that, yeah, that kind of era, yeah. Yeah, um, so we're looking at kind of, you know, 1800 to 1850-ish. Okay, so um, like, that's the transition, I guess, between Romanticism and um, Victorian. So that's, in yes. terms of, I always, I always think of these um, periods in terms of music, because that's... Uh, that's literally it's weird to think that the time when Austen was writing because that was that period right like the early mm-hmm. 19th century that's that's the period when uh, who was who was composing at that kind of time that was uh, about 100 years after after um, Bach like 50 years after Mozart who was around in like the early 19th century was that was that like Brahms or was he slightly later uh, let's have a look I'm going to have to Google this. So I love how half this podcast is just us Wikipediaing various things. Brahms was slightly earlier. He died in 1897. Goodness right, gracious okay. me. Great balls of fire. Um, sorry, that one, that one really cracked up on me. You're the, you, you've been making me sick just, just by being so, on a call with you. That- the Romantic period was one of the most innovative in music history, characterised by lyrical, lyrical melodies, rich harmonies, and emotive expressions. Some examples of composers, we have Puccini, Bruckner, Verdi, Wagner, Liszt, Schumann, Chopin. Um, so I thought that a lot of these were slightly later, like kind of mid to late 19th century. Because I know, like, I suppose at the very beginning of the 19th century, you've got Beethoven, right? He was like, he spanned mm. kind of either side of 1800. Um, mm. But, uh, Okay. Um, I think I the thing is, you've got to, the, certainly for 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 me anyway, is that there's the the Romantic era of music and the Romantic era of literature, and they they have an overlap, but they're not quite the same. Yeah, yeah, they're not. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, okay. So here, yeah, exactly. So the Romantic era for music is listed 1815 to 1910, whereas for literature, we've got 1800 to 1850. So there is a there is a well, pres- presumably overlap. it's like 18. Oh, I suppose yeah, because there's like a transition period between Romanticism and Victorian. Like there's, yes. there's like when um, Victoria was crowned, it wasn't like everyone was like, right, drop tools. We're now Victorian mm. novelists and we're all going to change and be really depressing and talk about death. Yeah. Um, is, is, is that a fair characterization of uh, Victorian novels? <laughs> Pretty much. Um, the other exciting book I'm reading for, for English is um, A Vindication on the Rights of Women. Who wrote that? Mary Wollstonecraft. Okay, I, I have to say, I much as I wish... I could say I've heard of her. I have not. So she sounds interesting. Mm, it's meant to be a very, very good book, but I haven't read it. So we shall see. Okay, because I, uh, I listened to a, a figure that I'd never heard of, perhaps because you're a um, a literature student, you um, will have. Is it uh, Germaine de Stael? Or Stael? Uh, no, actually. I may have, okay, I've, so I've I don't have read to... his name, but I, I haven't read any of his stuff. Well, that's the interesting thing. It was a she. Um, he was a... He was a she, uh, and uh, so her key works were like Delphine, I think was her, f- her famous one. Um, oh, that but, rings a bell. Yeah, I'll tell you why that rings a bell. It's because Delphine is a character in um, in The Cursed Child. Oh, of course it is. Well, that's probably where she gets the name from. I suppose. Oh, sorry, yeah. she is in J.K. Rowling. Um, yeah, so she was another In Our Time focus. Um, it was it was a couple of weeks ago, and I'd, I'd sort of... I Basically, because it was a name I didn't recognise, I was like, I'll keep it in my downloads, but I haven't listened to it for a while. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, re- very, very interesting. She was she was uh, sort of unofficially crowned in, like, sort of social circles as the most... Uh, what was it? Napoleon said there were three powers in Europe. There was Russia, Britain, and Germaine de Stel. Like, that was how important she was. Um, and, yeah. like, really active as, like, a thinker um, and in politics and... Uh, well, and in literature, uh, yeah. I don't think I don't think that was like what she's mostly known for. And apparently, this uh, the the novel Delphine, um, mm. that was that was Napoleon. That was what gave Napoleon cause to exile her as an author. Oh, oh no, that you know you've done well when. Yeah. Like, although it says like, although she denied political intent, the book was controversial enough for Napoleon to exile the author. Gosh. Yeah, because she went to, um, if I remember rightly from the podcast, um, she was exiled to Switzerland, where she she missed France so much that she basically created her own salon, like you know, like an intellectual speakeasy, like coffee house type thing. Yeah. Um, on the banks of Lake Geneva, rather than you know, like suffer without it, she just made her own France, uh, which is pretty mm. cool. But yeah, I think I think she'd be one of these people that'd be called a woman of letters, a bit like what Mary Somerville was. She was she was a scientist and a woman of letters who was like very mm. a thinker, but because because but purely because she was a woman in the time she was in, um, you know, she uh, she couldn't participate in politics or in science directly really so she could mm. influence through letters and, and, yeah. and writing but epistolary was form was the name for that oh get you yeah writing through letters fancy Your fancy thing um, mm. actually that's a thing to talk about so we i was we this was from the vlog i think rather than from the podcast um mm. uh because oh that's something else I, i'm gonna put a little mental bookmark there um because i got recommended a bunch of podcasts and last time we talked about 99 percent invisible right uh, on the podcast for sure um i've listened to a couple of episodes and whoever recommended that to me if you are reading this right now thank you because it is an amazing podcast you would love it 
it's at, it is really really okay. good so they did it's it's basically about design and the stuff that you don't notice um and I, the first oh, one I, I remember to, yeah yeah and the first yeah, yeah. episode i listened to was like a compilation of four stories rather than one that fills that whole episode and there was like one brief story over this was over like four stories over about 50 minutes or so um and one of the mm. stories was about how the streets of seattle are something like 15 feet above where the ground is because effectively they, right. they settled on this like peninsula of land which flooded all the time um, but they were so desperate to like put this settlement there because it was good for logging and stuff like that that they just kind of said well it, mm. well, it's a settlement small it's not a problem we just kind of you know sit on the chair like the stand on the chairs and we won't get wet but then eventually the city built up and it became more and more of a problem so when there was a huge fire they rebuilt the city of like 15 feet up so underneath the mm. uh, the sidewalks and the roads there's um, there's like a big cavernous gap where you can do tours and things like that. Mm. But what was funny was when they, they got businesses to rebuild, they said, right, you can rebuild, but you have to build an entrance on the ground floor and then an entrance on the first floor where the new street level is going to go. And there mm. were pe- there were stories of people who would leave bars um, in the transition period before they... Because they built the shops first and then they built the roads and then, then they would build the um, sidewalk. So it was like a transition period. And in that transition period, there were stories of people who would drunkenly... Uh, after after being in a bar for several hours, they would try and leave via the first floor and just fall to their deaths. Um, God, which was they referred to as the one step program uh, to to stopping mm. being an alcoholic, which I thought was quite funny. Yeah, um, but yeah, very very good. You, I highly recommend that podcast. Um, that's been great, and also okay. I listened to No Such Thing mm. as a Fish for the first time, which I will concede is good uh, and possibly yes, dare I say funnier than us. I mean, we're obviously in direct competition, mm. but they yes. might have the edge yeah. there. Also, I feel like resources available to us and resources available to the QI team might they might just have the edge there. Well, they have a live audience for one thing, uh, and we we do not. Yes, I am yeah. sat in the corner of a room, and you are sat under the in the cupboard under the stairs in our old house. You literally, <laughs> literally. Uh, so it's a little bit different. So the mental bookmark I wanted to do you know what I've to, do you know what I've been oh I was gonna say just quickly do you know what I've been listening to? Uh, no, the new complete uh, narrated complete works of uh sherlock, sherlock holmes. holmes yeah because it's stephen yeah. fry and it's like your harry potter fix. Yeah. yeah yeah i know you, it's I really can... good so he he prefaces each story with a load of like fun facts and kind of because he used to be um, i'm fairly sure he used to be president of the sherlock holmes society oh really um, i didn't know that he's like he's a massive he's a massive arthur conan doyle buff and really knows what he's on about so he's kind of the perfect choice also best narrator hands down ever um, hmm. And I've been listening to that, and it's been marvelous, really good. Can highly recommend. Very pricey. It cost it cost a lot, but it was worth it. Uh, how much was it? Dare I ask? Ooh, um, let me check. Hang on. Ooh, hang on. Well, I didn't certainly didn't pay that much. So oh, oh. I just looked. Up, <laughs> I just went onto Audible, and it's seventy nine pounds ninety nine. Now it'd be um, ridiculous to, for someone to pay that much for audiobooks, wouldn't it, Dan? Yeah. Shut up. Um, <laughs> How much did you spend uh, on all the Harry Potter audiobooks? Uh, the thing is, I wouldn't have. Mi- I, I don't mind spending the money on the books, the, uh, on the audiobooks specifically. The problem is, I already owned the audiobooks, but I couldn't get them onto my phone in a, in a way that was and convenient you just to me. Them. And, and you needed to and I needed own them, them in my life. so badly that you spent. A, like, yeah, it was so over I spent about twenty five pound. Yeah, twenty five pounds a pop on. Uh, <sighs> 
on each one, with the exception of the Philosopher's Stone. The Philosopher's Stone, I think, is about 16 to kind of get people in. But that's um, ridiculous but to I've me bought, that I've... the Order of the Phoenix costs the same as the Chamber of Secrets. Like, it's like three or four times the length. I th- yeah, I think that there may be some slight fluctuation in price. I, I didn't, I only, I've only bought five of them. I, ha- I don't have the whole set. I don't have the Goblet of Fire, and I don't have the Philosopher's Stone, but I have all the others. Okay. Um, because I, if, if if readers don't know, because I am an, I'm absolutely obsessed with uh, with the world of Potter. Yes. Um, I listen to the, I listen to the audiobooks on kind of in succession. So I go through each of the books and then on repeat throughout the year. It's similarly with you know how Casey Neistat has um, uh, thingy playing in his office all the time. Oh, the Godfather, Godfather. Yeah. 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 It's I'm. It's like that with me, but. But uh, but with the Harry Potter audiobooks, it is um, nonstop, guys. Yeah, I can't emphasize that. They're enough. very, <laughs> they're so expensive. Um, but yeah, the Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> well, I think I, I had them on all the time. They're they're so expensive. <laughs> Just yeah. splashing the cash. Um, well, I've got, I mean, I've got to get got to get your money's worth. If if you think about it, it's like when you're buying an expense expensive like item of clothing. Um, think of it as like cost per use or cost per wear. Mm. Every time you use wear or kind of make use of something that you buy, you can kind of justify the price in your mind. So, yeah. like for instance, um, people have been like, "Ah, oh, those those wireless headphones that you've got, Dan, Apple AirPods, they are the best. Um, they are they are really expensive, even if you don't get a discount with them. Um, but I use them every day for hours and hours and hours every day. So it's com- it's a completely justified use. It's like when you're spending, a, um, you know." money on, on on camera gear or recording gear you know that you're going to yeah. be making the most of it it's going to be aiding you and you're going to get yeah you're going to get use out of it so it's fine yeah it's i have definitely kind of like a random purchase and i mean uh, that's obviously like i i also earn money from using it and and that's it's it is still difficult to spend money on something like a camera that yeah. costs you know a thousand pounds and then you're like but i know i'm going to make that back yeah. in a couple of videos well t- you know touch wood um, so it's worth it. Yeah. What I was going to say is a trade-off between what you've been listening to. I found a new album. I put this on Twitter yesterday. Okay. I have compl- I'm head over heels in love with this album. Um, it's called. Uh, sorry, you done. <laughs> sorry. You, if you just if you just keep talking, you you can just edit me out. I'm just going to have no, to blow my I, nose. I, you I keep go, going. I'm going to include that in. Um, uh, so oh, if, please yeah. don't leave it in. It's disgusting. <laughs> Too late. Oh, so just do it again. Why not? Anyway, uh, the album I'm that Ill. I just, no, you're not your Dan, you're Illidan. Oh my god! Oh my <laughs> god, Illidan. <laughs> also, I realised little no. Spanish joke for the for the readers. I realised that whenever I pick up Pixel Gol, I can be like Wingardium Preciosa, um, which uh, I was I was quite pleased with myself with. Anyway, back to back nice. to the news. Um, the album I've been listening to is called Econ. Um, uh, it's, it's right. Econ. M dash music for the spirit ampersand soul. Um, uh, it's by the okay. sixteen, uh, and it is so gorgeous. I mean, you know my taste in music, and the first f- four tracks are Bogoroditsia Dievo from the All Night Vigil, mm-hmm. Ratmaninoff. Tune. Uh, Song for Athene by Tavana. Tune. The Tebe poem by Ratmaninoff. Yeah, nice. And um, the fourth track is uh, a setting of. Ooh, what's the which is the poem that begins "They shall grow not old," isn't it? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's for the fallen. Um, and so there's a, there's a setting of that by Taverner, and it's so sublime. I've listened to that probably about twenty oh, wow. times. It's gorgeous. I haven't heard the Taverner setting of it. It's 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 interesting. Um, he sets it as part of two pieces. That it's called Exhortation and Kohima. Hmm. 
I don't even know what Kahima means, um, but it is. I I will include a link in the show notes to this, guys. If you have Spotify, it is just astonishingly beautiful. Um, it's how du- is Kahima it, spelt? It's K O H I M A. I just googled it, and apparently it was a battle in the Japanese offensive into India. It's a place in India. Okay. Uh, so I'm not quite sure why he's called it. I don't know what the text is that he said. I, I recognise the text underneath the first movement as being for the fallen, but I don't know what the second one is. But then later on in, in the um, later on in the the CD, you've also got uh, a lot of pet. Like you've got De Profundis, you've got the woman with the alabaster box. Mm-hmm. Um, an interesting one which I wasn't aware of. Um, he wrote seven Magnificat antiphons, and there's one on the CD called O Weisheit, um, which is again just mm. I love pet. I really really love. Um, his style of music it's called is it tintabula tintabula it's, it's meant to sound like bells um and it's oh it's just gorgeous and then at the end of the cd you've got hymns to the mother of god by taverner and the nunc dimittis by holst nice it's an amazing album i can't I, I i like if for those who are interested in music definitely check it out and for those who are just curious about how i could be so passionate about something which presumably all music sounds the same right uh check it out it is yeah it's quite something yeah I've actually found a fantastic playlist. It's both available on Apple Music through iTunes and Spotify um, called Music for Mindfulness. It's a choral playlist. It's got like a blue album cover with some kind of four block colored lines on it. And it's okay. That's absolutely magnificent. Um, it was actually the playlist that we were talking about when we, when Simon and I on Twitter last week were having a, a nice thread discussion with Paul Miller, uh, Eric Whitaker, and Thomas yeah. Gilroy three that was, superb composers that was kind of nuts like one of our readers uh, uh yeah tweeted us and said you know i'm gonna listen to some um whitaker after um the podcast and i'm really loving it and then we were like oh well you know you should check out Mila and you should check out um what did i say like yellow and eschenwald and then paul mm-hmm. Mila jumps in and is like hey you got a great binge to go on now <laughs> like and then mm. eric whitaker liked all the tweets and i was like wow this is yeah this is strange i hadn't actually heard any of thomas lavoy's stuff and um, Mila recommended him i hadn't uh, known and it's really it's really cool i have to admit i haven't got around to it yet it's on my like to doist uh for this week to to catch up on it uh because mm. i have been yeah i've been struggling to keep on top of everything i need to do i'll be honest i've been i've been mm. adopting new ways to try and stay productive so at the moment i'm experimenting with using google calendar and to doist as a um a pair because you can link them so mm. what you can do is set up a schedule like a timetable in google calendar and then todoist will summarize what you need to do on a given day and at what time and then it can reschedule stuff for you if you don't complete it on time so okay it's it's it's, it's uh, i don't know i'm trying it out but um yeah i'm a little bit overworked overwhelmed at the moment because there's just a lot to do mm. Uh, yeah. Like my Viva uh, preparation, I started rereading my my thesis on the train, and I was like, "Okay, this is this is okay." I found a couple of mistakes already, like very tiny mistakes mm. that like they might not even notice. But yeah, yeah, that's kind of stressing me out. Um, we should um, mm. we have rambled for quite a while, um, and I feel like this has actually been one of our more intellectual discussions. Uh, but I, I think feel it has. We ha- ha- we would be uh, remiss if I weren't to mention this giant pot of cash which I have next to me. Hang on, look at all this mm. money. Um, yeah, our Patreon went well. Uh, he says in his yeah. gold-plated chair, counting his money, being fanned by by nubile virgins. Uh, none of that is true. Well, one of those statements is true. Take your pick. Um, um, yeah, the, the, we are overwhelmed by the support uh, that you guys have shown on Patreon. Mm. Um, genuinely, it has been 
uh, amazing. We we set our first goal was twelve dollars to cover our hosting per month, which we smashed past. It was almost embarrassing how quickly mm. we smashed past it. Um, then yeah. we said thirty-two dollars because we were like, we want to do hosting. We want to donate to Wikipedia every every month um which i said would be 20 dollars, but i think from my perspective it's easier if it's 20 pounds so we're actually over overstepping the mark there we smashed past that and then we were like well if we reach a hundred dollars a month we can you know start to think about merchandise we smashed past that um yeah uh, i mean we're now currently at 116 dollars per month as of the time of recording Mm. that you guys are donating um and i am very pleased to report that team cat are winning on the uh patreon stakes um we have 14 people donating to team cat as opposed to nine donating to team dog so it is pretty tight come on team dog if you have a dollar that you think is is worth investing in this this clearly intellectual podcast um Mm. then you know you can invest in team dog but team cat people if you want us to pull ahead a bit more i would highly encourage you to put a dollar in and of course we have our 20 top lad patreons um who will be shouting mm. at, at the end of the podcast um who have sold us out yes we were like we only wanted to do 20 names an episode and we've already sold them out that's that's astonishing mm. so thank you guys yeah. thank um, you so much it, it, it honestly we now can really uh, this time last week we we were talking about merchandise in a kind of very tentative way because we didn't have the capital to invest in, for example, getting test prints done. Um, now, mm. after the first week, sorry, the first month stuff has come through, we're going to immediately get some tests done and we can really get the ball rolling on that. Like, like it has already made a, yeah. a direct difference. And, you know, we'll be now paying for the hosting through it and we'll be donating to Wikipedia. So we have we have hit our objectives already. Um, I have now added, yes. I have added a $200 stretch um, which we're working towards, basically mm. as kind of an arbitrary goal, but we are interested in uh, putting guests into this podcast. So, in a couple mm. of episodes' time, we have somebody lined up um, who we think is going to be uh, really, really fun to have on, uh, and I'm looking yeah. forward to it a lot. Yeah, uh, and um, I know. Yeah, likewise. Can't wait. I know that they are not to give away their gender, uh, but yeah, that's going to be fun. And we're thinking of maybe every five episodes or something like that, um, being able to yeah. do a guest. So that would mean that if we needed to cover. For example, it was just easier for us to record with them, or they, or you know, they wanted to come to us. We could, we could basically pay, uh, pay for their transport. Um, I mean, a stretch mm. goal past that. I mean, suggestions on a postcard. I mean, I think if we get to a thousand dollars a month, then we could pay some suggestions on a podcast. Suggestions on a podcast. Uh, <laughs> Very nice. Uh, we could uh, we could uh, get somebody to edit the podcast for us and actually possibly make it good rather than me just like stressing mm. out trying to cobble it together and as I have done in the past just left random silences um, in the middle of the podcast <laughs> uh, so if you if you want to make this podcast more professional uh, then that that's maybe a stretch goal I don't know maybe if we get to five hundred dollars a month we'll do a video where uh, Dan's wearing this gimp suit that I I just had to unzip at the start um, oh I god I, that, that too is, soon. That is purely, purely inspired by the Hat Films D and D stream. Where they did you see this? I think I did. Yeah, they, I turned away. I turned away from watching it for a bit, and I came back, and the DM was suddenly in a gimp suit trying to DM through a closed zipper with like a cowboy hat on. And I was like, okay, oh I God. missed a few story beats here. Um, it turns out it's because they hit four million dollars raised for charity, and so they were like, that's our that's our goal. So tell you what, that's that's an official thing now. I'm taking this one out of Dan's hand. If you reach five hundred dollars a month on the Patreon, we'll post a video on Patreon of Dan wearing the gimp suit. Thank you, mate. It's all right. It's all for the good of the... It's for the greater good. The greater good. Now, another... It's actually worth mentioning, too, 
Um, on the note of uh, guests, this is something that obviously that Simon and I are really keen in and from from asking kind of you guys and having correspondence back, it sounds like you're all quite interested in it as well. Mm. Um, as far as kind of people that you would like to to kind of to appear on the podcast, um, what we'd really like to do is kind of get other creators, other other kind of podcasters that are out there. So when we when we're always asking about you know what do you as readers like listening to if you've got any other favorite podcasts that aren't the wikicast um <laughs> how dare you me- message them and yeah, message them and message us and, and 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 kind of give us an idea of, of who those people are um mention our name in an email um and and yeah and, and we can start com- kind of composing a list of, of 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 creators and looking into uh looking into doing some some uh some joint stuff um but it'd be That's yeah, a nice throwback exciting. to romantic music there i like mm. that yeah list so as well as guests another thing which we asked you guys well i asked you on twitter uh was the concept of putting in a new corner into our ever-expanding treehouse that is that i think of that um episode of the simpsons where uh millhouse is cast as um fallout boy in Mm. the radioactive man movie and he runs away to bart's treehouse and bart like looks around all the corners of the treehouse but there's like eight so you know we're we're increasing the the size of the treehouse of this podcast um we've we've already got our main corner which we haven't still haven't named we've got critics corner which we'll come to and we've got correspondence corner um and i think we now are gonna try and do our, our first agony corner mm. which isn't as painful as it sounds this is the concept of well dan do you, would you like to explain it yeah so basically um you as readers uh, can email in to spongyelectric at gmail.com with a problem with an issue that you have um and simon and i will do our best to uh to try and come up with an answer to that problem it's all anonymous so it can be as as kind of meaningful and, and serious as you like um disclaimer advice may not actually be good yeah chances are the advice will not be good but we're going to try and do our best and actually actually kind of aid you in some way yeah we have we have like 27 years of life experience between us so we, we can we can figure something out like yeah. tell us all your problems and like we say we would want to stress this will be anonymized um and if you want to create a throwaway account to email us you know to us so we don't know who you are um if you're a regular reader then that's absolutely fine yeah um equally if you want to email us we will we'll, we'll be censoring it and we will not be judging i suppose that's the other thing uh i don't know unless you're commi- uh, admitting to like war crimes i'm pretty sure we're not going to be we're not going to be judging you for anything you've done yes yeah it's a safe place this corner is a safe you can ens- ensconce yourself in the safety nook <laughs> that is the agony uncle corner so what is our first uh problem that, that, we, that we're going to be tackling, Dan. So our first problem is sent to us by uh, Lieutenant uh, uh, Anon, or Lad Tenant Anon. <laughs> um, uh, and they, uh, they want to, to share one of life's trivial agonies. Um, they say, Have you ever commuted via train while also running really late to something really important? They have, uh, often. And on every one of those times, some buffoon decides to walk really slowly in front of you while blocking your rush to the train, and no amount of tutting or under-breath curses or even excuse-me's gets them out of the way. Are they deaf? We don't know. Uh, today, on, on a morning, the effect had a 100,000 multiplier due to getting blocked in the same fashion both when I was getting on and off the train. How can we ever resolve this problem, oh. short of shoving them aside? I'm with you here, Lieutenant Anon. Uh, it's it's an issue the thing is for me i i think i think actually because 
this is quite a British thing, I think, um, in that it's not just getting on and off trains, but what, what I can't stand is a group of people walking along a footpath very clearly taking up more space than they need to be to the point of which the only way to get around them is to step out into the road and get around them or have to walk a little mm. bit too quickly to get around them and then keep up that pace. Otherwise, they'll overtake you again. Yeah. I mean, I, I imagine particularly... Uh, well, uh, well, you have a double-edged sword here, Dan, actually. I was going to say that you have it bad, but, but maybe you don't in all ways. I think you have it bad in the sense that you are small. Uh, you're a small, like Thanks. SMOL. Thank, thank you, mate. So... <laughs> You're the tiny man. Um, Agony and, Uncle Corner you know, is so actually you... just Abuse Dan Corner. It's just under a different name. <laughs> That's every corner. How have we not realised this after like 20 episodes? Um, you know, you are small, and, and so you presumably find it difficult to force your way through. You know, like, uh, you don't have bulk to throw around to, like, well, force people see, out of your way. You'd, you'd think this. I actually find it very, very easy to get through because I... Because you get through the gaps. Yeah, I, 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 I can just... I, I, Dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. Uh, yeah, so actually, getting through kind of crowds isn't isn't too bad for me. I'm, I'm, I'm I tend to find I'm pretty good at that. Um, hence, why usually when we're in a club and we're trying to weave our way through to the middle of the the dance floor, the of the discotheque, um, I believe is what the kids say <laughs> these days. Um, I usually lead lead the pack because uh, because I find it easiest to get through. Although I haven't been doing that this month because dry January. Oh yeah, we'll get. I mean, just briefly, how how's that been? It's been it's been fine actually. Seventeen days, uh, not on the uh, not on the drink, not on the sauce. Um, I'm I am missing it a little bit. I've, I've been there's been times where we've been to a been to a, a you know a pub or something, and I have really really wanted a pint. Um, mm. But uh, I'm getting there. It's going to make February even sweeter because I'll be able to drink again, and it's my birthday. Hey, 21st of February. Turn, I turned 21 on the 21st of February. Wow, how perfect is which that? Is, which is a Wednesday, which means Evensong on my birthday, which is pretty cool. Evensong Bevs, that's good. Evensong Bevs. Okay, yeah. well, so our, so but we have to now provide some advice to L- yeah. Lieutenant Dan. Yeah. Sorry, Anon. Um, I mean, so so the problem is, how, how do we get around crowds if we are stuck, if we're trying to get somewhere in a hurry? I mean, the train station is the classic, for yeah. sure, for this. Um... I mean, my tactic is to um, be live and and you know just like try and, and and as you do, presumably more successfully than me because I have a lot. I have I'm a, I'm a lot broader. Um, just just like you know, weave yourself through the gaps. Um, yeah. I mean, and I realise that in some cases that is not possible. Yeah. Like you are going to be, you know, uh, crammed in in like Helm's Deep style uh, yeah. trying to get out of the station. Uh, in which case, I'd recommend uh, carry a bicycle bell with you at all times, mm. and then just ring it, and people will automatically try and get out of the way, and then you can think just like, nip coming. through. Yeah, exactly. The other thing you can do too, especially in train stations, is when you reach that point when you're returning, carry to- a train horn with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh-huh! And I was like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> get out of the way! Um, Wait yes. a minute, I'm not on the tracks. <laughs> when you're heading back to the main part of the station from the from the platform. Uh, there's usually a set of a, a flight of stairs that one has to climb and there'll be a stair option and there'll be an escalator option. Now, 90% of folk, I would say, would always go for the for the escalator uh, or elevator if um, if you've got any kind of foreign listeners listening. Um, no, 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 they're, they're called, they're called, uh, hang on, do you mean, ele- do you mean like moving stairs or do you yes. mean lifts? I mean an escalator. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think they're, I think they're called escalators in in the ex colonies, aren't they? 
I don't think they're called escalators in America, are they? Oh, they always cause trouble, don't they? Yeah. Hang on, uh, hang on, escalators. But yeah, what I was going to say is the 18th century, opt, that's for, America. opt for the the stair option. You can take it two at a time. It's going to be a, it's going to be a faster way. You can probably shave off maybe 15 seconds that you would have lost waiting behind some man who's taking too long to get out of the train. Trains are difficult because you've always got you've got a kind of bottleneck choke point where you're going to be slowed down no matter what. I think if it's just along on the kind of on the on the pavement or the sidewalk um again mm. we're so we're so culturally diverse here on this podcast. Um <laughs> cross the road if you can and get out of the way. Um otherwise don't be don't be hesitant to uh zoom ahead even if it means stepping out into the road for a second and rejoining the pavement in a couple of meters time. I always do that. If someone's walking too slow for me, and I've got places to be, or even if it's just at a pace that pisses me off, what I have been known to do is be walking slowly behind a group of people that are just taking too long, walk past a bench, and they go, do you know what, actually, I'm going to sit down at this bench for a bit. If I'm not in too much of a rush, then I'll sit and wait for them hmm. to, to go away and then resume my uh, my walking. Uh, and it just it doesn't stress me out as much. But obviously that doesn't take into account if you're running really late. I suppose the best the best answer we can give is try not to run really late for things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, you. No, to be fair, you are ill. I was going to give you. I was going to give you for, for making for delaying the podcast by an hour. But I was like, you are ill. You're iller Dan. So yeah. I'll, I'll give you that one. Thank you. I mean, if we're going to draw comparisons from literature, uh, if we're going to draw the Helm's Deep example, the alternative um, option is to call upon a group of elves to fire a fusillade of arrows at the people who are blocking the causeway. Yes. Um, and then that that's pretty effective, as Ooh. was shown as was shown in the the film. The film. So, you know that that's the alternative. If you, it depends how in a hurry you are, really, and if you have elves to hand. Yes. <laughs> Would you like to introduce this corner whenever you're ready? Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> oh, yucky, yucky, yuck. Oh, I've managed to snot all down my hand. How oh, lovely. What a lovely introduction to Critics Corner there, Dan. <laughs> Hello, um, everyone. Sorry, I'm just wiping off the, uh, <laughs> Hi, the <Dr>. mucus <laughs> from, my, from my wrist. I can manage to completely miss the tissue and uh, just, um, yeah, blow my sputum into... Uh, into my hand. Anyway, if anybody, if anybody would like to do a fan art of Dan as Illidan, or possibly just like Illidan from game, from um Wow, who is ill and like snotting on down his hand, uh, that would be amazing. Incidentally, we've had some fantastic uh, fan art. Uh, we will mm. have shared them on our Facebook. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head who sent them, but we've had some phenomenal fan art. Mm. Um, uh, who, who did we have? I, I'm looking at the um. We've had now. Kay- uh, we've Kayla had- Davis. Kayla uh, sent some really great stuff, and I think it was Hecking Ruddy George sent us an yes. amazing one on Patreon. Yes, um, that's right. So that, that's I'm making the um, like the okay hand gesture, and I'm just going to kiss it. That's that's oh, that's very nice. That's mm. I'm very yeah, very happy with that. But if you'd like to do Illa Dan um, artwork, that'd be amazing. Mm. Anyway, we're in Critics Corner. Uh, Dan, what have you been criticizing lately? Mm. I had been watching something that I really specifically wanted to talk about. And you know what? It's gone out of my head. I did watch recently uh, on BBC iPlayer. There's a really great documentary about uh, the coronation of Queen Elizabeth II. Oh, all right. Yeah. Uh, It's very good. It's very interesting. 
Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I've also started watching, well, I started watching the first couple of episodes of season one of Mad Men. Ah, what do you think? I've heard so much about Mad Men. It's pretty good. It's kind of, it's, it's just like, it's just quite easy watching. I think it's still in that stage where we're we're learning about characters. We're not kind of totally invested yet, so they're playing it quite safe. But I can easily see... Well, there's a reason why there's seven series. The seven... Oh, is it done? I think so. Like, are they finished? Okay, right. Um, well, actually, maybe not. Jeez. I don't know. Um, but uh, it's 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 rather good. I, uh, I quite liked it. Um, I'm sure I'd watch something else as well. Oh, that's right. I re- did I mention this last week? I can't remember. I don't think. I- no, I can't have done. I rewatched Spotlight again. Oh, I still haven't seen it for the first oh. time. I need to. I need to watch it, mate. It's so good. It's honestly, it. It's just an absolute <laughs> I mean, masterpiece of filmmaking. I mean, I I have been told this. Like, it's not exactly a surprise. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I I I do need to watch it. There's so many films like that. There's there was because there was that and there was the big short that came out in very quick succession, and I have, still haven't seen either of them. Mm. The Big Short, did you say? Yeah, you know the, about yeah. the banking crisis. Yeah, that's good as well. Okay, because um, it's in the same in my head. It occupies the same area of cinematic face space as um, the Post that just came out. You know, it's mm. a serious film about about um, something about a big event uh, that's done in an inventive mm. way, and that's been getting great reviews. I think what we should try and do for next week is, and and readers can join us on this. If everyone can try and go and see. Uh, the Darkest Hour. <laughs> okay. Let's so we can have, compare it to the, uh, all, the other let's Churchill all just have a Let's just have a big chat about it. Readers, write in. Uh, Simon and I will go and, go and see it. I'm really desperate to because Gary Oldman's performance is, me- is meant to be pretty outstanding. Um, there's also... There's the other one. It's, Possibly if it's not what that, we could do. Hang on. Oh, let me just try and remember the... Well, you go, and I'll remember this other name of the other film. Possibly what we could do, if we're really desperate to talk about it, is we could do a hangout um, w- that's Patreon exclusive. Mm. Like, like, put put a Google Hangout link in the Patreon. Mm. Um, if we if we really do want to do that, that might be. If you, if that sounds good, guys, uh, email in, uh, and we we might do that. That that could be fun if we if we have a, like a video chat with you all. Let's. I I'd be massively up for that. The other f- film that I really 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 want to see um, is um, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Yeah, I've heard so much about this. Yeah, I re- um, I'm desperate Oscars to see that. All over it, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. Hugo, uh, Hugo of 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 podcast fame. Um, uh, he, we, we were meant to try and go the other day, um, but me being ill and also having, I think I had a I had a singers meeting, uh, singers the choir that I do, which we have our first rehearsal back tonight after Even Song. Hey, um, uh, we, we we're going to try and see that. We've also been planning our our. We've got a, we're going to do a joint birthday bash uh, next. Uh, next month yeah. nice because our birthdays um, are quite close together yeah I mean I'd be keen to see it my issue is as, as I said I think last time I'm not living near a cinema but, or to be uh, fair yeah, I now go to a gym I now go to a gym right next to a cinema oh, um, there you go then which, which could work although I, I was oh I was uh, I, so we were meant to go last night and the way that it works is I live completely the opposite side of my town to the guy who picks me up when we go together so I walk to the midway point and mm. then we, he basically drives through the midway point. That's on the way to the gym. And I got there and it was freezing cold. And yeah. something that happened since we last recorded the podcast was I went to the gym and I'd, we did our first leg session. And I was very keen to kind of 
the important thing when you do very well not heavyweight but bodyweight ex sorry not bodyweight um like bar exercises is that you have good form because it's very easy to injure yourself and particularly if you're doing stuff like legs which are use quite a lot of weight with and so i went up to the squat rack and i was like right i'm really gonna do this with proper form i'm gonna go nice and low and i'm gonna show this guy how it's how it's done properly because he's he knows actually he's very flexible but he's relatively new to um working out and i went up to the squat rack squatted down and then with a sound like a thunderclap my trousers split at the ass and i could see in the mirror like the reactions of the guys behind me everybody Mm. heard this and Mm. started pissing themselves laughing and there was me down squatting with a bar across my shoulders just looking at alex in the mirror and being like that just happened didn't it Mm. yeah okay and like this huge canyon having erupted in my trousers and my white pants sticking out underneath um so basically last night i went down and i was too i was too scared to wear trousers again so i was wearing shorts and it was like two degrees here last night um i went all the way down uh, to get picked up and then just as i arrived at the midpoint about a half hour walk mm. um he sends me a message saying he's just chundered everywhere everywhere because uh, he's got food poisoning and so we're not going to go so i just done had an hour of walking in two degrees in shorts uh, so that was fun but mm. um yeah um next time maybe we go to the gym i could we could just say we're going to go and see a film before or after that yeah good. um yeah because I'd, I'd like to see that um I haven't, I haven't watched a, a full film for quite a while now. I've just been mm. just been so busy. I mean, my contribution to Critics Corner is is uh, podcasts. I already said ninety nine percent invisible and uh, no such thing as a fish. I also listened to the True Geordie podcast, which was recommended by a few readers. Uh, actually, yeah. no, I think that was Vlog People. Um, not a fan, got to say. I'm sure that uh, you know I'll regret saying this because it'll probably end up on their show, which is very popular. Um, and I can see why it's popular for sure. I mean, they interviewed like Robbie Williams for goodness sake. Um, oh, wow. they're they're doing all right. Uh, it just wasn't really for me. It was. I thought it was a bit. Uh, if I say this, it's definitely going to end up on their show. Be very careful. I basically thought it was a bit misogynist and like a bit backwards in its attitude, specifically towards women. Okay. Um, and like they were giving advice to people uh and admittedly this episode they were drinking so like they were kind of getting a bit drunk and maybe it was wasn't like a, a truly representative episode yeah um but i i thought that it was a bit like uh this is guys you're not i don't know i, don't, I didn't think it was terrible uh, some terribly positive messages specifically to do with women mm. on the podcast they were giving out some good advice like relationship advice yeah but th- um the way that they were talking about women at some of the time, I was a bit like, oh, I'm not comfortable with this. Yeah. So that's okay. that's the first, possibly the first negative review I've given on Critics Corner to anything other than Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Mm. Um, uh, but yeah, so I, I haven't really, um, I haven't been, uh, yeah, watching or listening to that much other than that. I'm afraid a lot okay. of YouTube uh, because mm. I've been I've been catching up still. I've got like 170 videos in my to watch uh, list now, and I'm still catching up on the Oxcast streams. Good lord! But, uh, yeah, I've got a lot of watching to do and not enough time to do it in. No. Well, speaking of not having enough time, I think we should move on to correspondence corner then, because mm. uh, in the past we have had a very very long correspondence corner, and we're keen to maybe trim the episode down just a little bit. It's been a wee mm. bit unwieldy, um, mm. so let's let's take a a trip to a slightly abbreviated correspondence corner. We've got an email here from Harry. He says, "Dear Mess, uh, dear Messrs. Mark and Claw, let's see what I did there. Very nice, very nice, Harry. I did. 
He says, I've been making my way through the podcast episodes rather slowly over the last few months and recently listened to the Krauschwitz episode, which really struck a chord with me. I've always been slightly unconventional unconventional in my personal tastes, alternate musical genres, bit of 40k, anime, sci-fi, etc. And so the discussion of certain pastimes being looked down upon was cathartic to me in a way. It helped me to once again realise that despite the bullying I've been through for being myself sucking hard at the time, in hindsight, I can be proud that I... Su- I st- I- Hang on. <laughs> so- right. but I was bullied. <laughs> Just laughing at this uh, uh, Harry's poor misfortune. Uh, that's lovely. Uh, in hindsight, at this point, I, I should drop in actually because the Krauschwitz episode, um, which was quite a while ago, it was like quite a few months ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Th- I think that might have been the, the heaviest we've gotten, actually. Oh, for and sure. I just, I'm glad that I'm glad that we touched back on this because it did seem to strike a chord with quite a few people. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, like, and I'm really, I'm really glad that we were able to kind of air this opinion. I guess that's basically, you know, it's it's okay to be, it, you know, it's not uncool to try and to be interested in stuff. Hmm. Um, like I'm, I'm just really, really glad that we, we we got that kind of discussion going because we're not alone. And if you're listening to this, you're very much not alone. Um, if you think that you are being victimized, basically because you know you just actually like things and you know you actually try, and particularly in geeky stuff like 40k or whatnot, um, you know it's abs- it's more than okay that you uh, are passionate about those things. It's the only way you can be. You're on earth for such a short period of time that there's nothing, there is no sense in doing anything other than what you are most passionate about. And you mm. know, all the people that that try and say otherwise um so yeah sorry i just i just like dropping because yeah i'm really glad that we that that um that resonated with you harry he says uh let me find where we were in hindsight i can be proud that i stuck with what i enjoyed and could could be my could be myself openly so thank you for that listening to simon talk about 40k has reignited the flame of my interest for the hobby and catching up on the model releases slash horus heresy books i've missed and proven yeah uh, a joy i've missed i've proven a joy so far I also entirely Woo! agree with I'm, the draw. I'm reading Fulgrim at the moment. I'm yet, I'm still yet to read any 40k uh, lore. Oh god, you're you're in for such a treat. It is it is a nest of vipers though. Like, uh, I, I mean, <laughs> I had to I had to sit down with you and look, and look like the crazy person, uh, mm. like drawing lines on the wall, like between the newspaper clippings and like kind of connecting all the dots. Yeah. Um, to, to brief you, but yeah, oh god, it's so good. Although Fulgrim, passable. It's not a very good book, I'll be honest. It's an interesting story, not very, not well told at all. He goes on to say, he also entirely agree, um, agree with the draw of the romanticised language in fantasy novels mentioned by Dan, as I feel that's a large part of my personal affinity to them. To weigh on on cats and dogs, the cats and dogs debate, I'm firmly on the side of Clarkology, but I'm no way bashing Mormonism, and cannot agree enough that gaining a cat's affection is something that has a fair weight in the size of its achievement. Congratulations on 100,000, by the way, Simon. Uh, you're truly one of the Woo! most deserving creators I know. And the true injustice is that you don't have a million subs yet, with heavy emphasis on yet. Well, give it time. It's a lot of time, preferably. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a question for you, Simon. Ooh. He says, uh, would you ever consider doing a 40k video about your collection or favourite part of the Horus Heresy series or something of that nature? I know it would be a niche video, but I personally think it would be awesome. I would love to do it. It's the kind of video that in my current schedule of trying to do like a feature and a vlog per week, um, I would put in the vlog slot on the weekend. Um, but I would love to do that. Like just to talk about 
because um, there are so many positive things about it. Like, there's so many things that I got out of it, and you know, like, I st- I, there are visual things that help. You know, like having the models and everything. One thing I would love to do would be to do a collab with uh, Tabletop Weekly. For those mm. of you that don't know this, there's a guy called Mark Humes. Uh, he's a member of the Oxcast. Um, who has a channel that's about tabletop gaming. And that means uh, D&D, it means Warhammer, it means board games. Um, and he's a really passionate guy who knows a lot about this stuff. And he actually put a call out being like, if you are in the south of England and you know, you have armies and you'd like to be in a video, contact me. And I'm like, mm. oh, God damn it. I need to build a new army just so I can go on this. Um, so I think I might uh, I might have to prepare for doing a video like collab with him and then maybe one on my channel as well, talking about the... Uh, that'd be ideal. If I could do one on his, channel where we do like a battle report and then we did mm. one of my channel talking about why it's important to be passionate about something um that'd be great but i would have to collect an army of, of nids first uh okay. i think i think the tyranids are going to be my next army that'd be cool oh that's gonna be so awesome he's also got a question for me he says i'm applying to for english literature with creative writing this year after i finished my a levels and was wondering if there was anything you'd recommend i do in terms of preparation during my gap year any help is hugely appreciated anything with english is kind of a it's a double-edged sword because the, the the best thing you can do to prepare uh is read and read and read and read and write as much as you can i highly recommend if you're taking a gap year write as much as you can during that gap year um and as as from a kind of from a reading perspective um just read everything and anything you can if you know that there's a particular period that you're interested in um read it if there's a you know if there's areas that you think that you're weaker on read them as well um you, you know the people who write uh, more often write better and p- people who are more well read um f- form better essays basically uh, so really in theory it's quite an easy it's easy preparation because all you've got to do is read um as far as some kind of like suggested reading i'm i'll i can i'm happily i'm happy to email you back harry um and i'll give you an idea of kind of what i've been reading at uni as far as the kind of the breadth goes and then you can kind of pick and choose from there otherwise there's plenty of resources i'm sure you'll be able to find online as a kind of what you what you should read by you know by a certain point in life or you know stuff like that as far as classic texts go i think it's a really strong strong point to have poetry too never overlook poetry what good advice yeah, dan thank you what yeah. good advice you're a great oh, guy thanks, well done he says uh thank you both for the wonderful content you produce <laughs> uh, be that here or on youtube and have a wonderful day Yours sincerely harry tidby uh p.s regarding the poll that's p-o-l-l simon not p-o-l-e thanks for clarifying that harry a poll uh, yeah don't be a d- on simon's twitter <laughs> about merch for the podcast i would be incredibly uh down to rock a t-shirt with the cast cover on the front 100% yes on that. Awesome. Well, Harry, hopefully it won't be too long. Hopefully, yeah, we're, we're very keen. Mm. Next, we have an email from Ruby Curtis, who says, Dear Dan and Simon, hello from New Ooh. Zealand. Any thoughts, Dan? I, I presume she means in relation not to New Zealand, generally. not just do you have yes. any thoughts, as we are as we are commonly the forgotten next door neighbour to mm. Australia. Have you, have, you, have you been? Do you have any thoughts? I've, on, I've on never New actually been to New Zealand and I desperately want to go. It's absolutely it's a beautiful place. I originally had plans for my uh, schoolies, which is the, it's kind of like an Australian tradition that when when one finishes uh, school, you go away for a week or two weeks um, and celebrate. Uh, I went along the the Great Ocean Road to ooh, where was it? Um, 
God, I can't remember now. Anyway, I went there. But originally we, we had a group of friends who were going to go to New Zealand and hike um, and just go on some walks and take photos and camp and have an amazing time. But I'd know I'd love to go. It's a, it's a beautiful place. I mean, I, I'd, I'd certainly want to go, uh, if nothing else, as a Tolkien pu- oh, pilgrimage yeah, to yeah. like see if you can go around Weta workshops and see Holmerton mm. and all that kind of stuff. Like, Because so many people that we know, I say so many, like a good handful of people mm. have been on a year out like after finishing uni and have loved mm. it and we had a we had a choral scholar a couple of years ago who was in the choir julia who was key yes, wasn't she yeah and if all new zealanders are like her then i mean goodness buy me a ticket mm. tomorrow because she was yeah. wonderful um and yeah I, I need to be in a country full of julias <laughs> uh, if you're listening to this julia hi <laughs> she just has a few quick questions um oh wow she there's no punctuation there just have a few quick questions have you watched dark and mindhunter on netflix i've watched mindhunter on netflix i haven't watched dark I have not watched either. What did you think of uh, Mindhunter? Mindhunter was good. Um, I think it was, it needed a little bit more, it needed to be a little bit more thought through in its kind of uh, think tank phase. It was, it was a great concept, but I think its execution could have been better. Okay, that's fair. Um, I will I will add them to my list of things that I should watch when I, uh, mm. if, if I ever get time. I know nothing about Dark though, and it's meant to be really good. Okay. I've not even heard of that one, I'll be honest. Mm. Um, uh, who was I talking to about... Oh, yeah, I was talking to uh, Alex about Bright, you know, the, the Will Smith film. Mm. Um, have you seen this? Bright. Or have you not? Yeah. Yeah, we discussed it, didn't we? Did we? I can't remember. I mean, he, he really didn't like it. Like, I remember he, he, he thought that it was, like, really quite bad, like, sided with the critics, basically, rather than the audience score. Okay. I think we did, I think we did discuss it. Um, and if not, then... I quite liked it. I mean, my mind has, my mind has been like a sieve recently. I, I, since the last recording, I have been on trips to Leeds and Oxford to give talks, uh, mm. and I've been trying to make videos on the sidelines and organise stuff with like um. Th- there's a very exciting collab that might be happening that we were organising just after the last podcast, and yes, that's yeah. I've got I've got a lot on my plate at the moment. Uh, that's why I keep forgetting things. Uh, I'm not just getting old. Anyway, um, so Ruby continues um, that she also recommends, as well as those Netflix series, uh, she found them very bingeable. Um, she also recommends City Skylines as a city builder, uh, which is mm-hmm. a more complicated but more enjoyable version of SimCity. I own City Skylines, and that is a great mm. recommendation. Likewise. The kind of thing where we could we could do some stuff on Sponge and Electric for that. Like, you can do, you can do Steam, because there's no multiplayer. Is mm. there? Is there multiplayer? Uh, there's, well, it's, there's, there's an online thing, I think. But it's not really multiplayer. Okay, I mean, then you can so you can I, upload I, I, your city I, I, to a server and people can see it. But oh, I see. But so yeah. we might be able to do something if we both like one of us is controlling it and we're both looking at the same screen through Steam Share and yeah. you know we we build a city together. That that could be fun. Yeah, um, I'm a bit for that. I will say that we um, really like the idea of Portal 2 and I think we're going to try and organise a recording session for that soon. So yes. my priority is to... I want to get the Kerbal Space Program stuff out on mm-hmm. um, the channel just to like remember, remind people that it's not just a channel where we upload the podcast. Um, and then, yeah, we'll, we'll hopefully do a Portal 2 co-op playthrough, which should be... Uh, I'm looking forward to. That should be fun. Yeah. Uh, and then she concludes, even though Dan got first order in the introduction, I have to side with Simon on Team Cat. Thanks from Ruby, age 17 and three tenths. That's fair. Well, you know, thank you. I hope, I, I, I you know, I, I hope that if you feel the same as Ruby and you want to see the supremacy of cats continue, you go to our Patreon and sign up for uh, Team Cats there. Dog people of the world unite. We need to we need to overtake them by next episode. I have absolute faith in you. Don't let the side down. <laughs> yeah, come on. Like that's going to happen. 
We've got an email here from Ethan. <laughs> he says, Dear Messrs. Clark and Moore, both of your lives are heavily involved in technology, clearly, but I'm wondering how interested you are in the technology industry, i.e. do you follow tech companies and eagerly await announcements of new products? Which smartphones, laptops, software, etc. do you prefer to use? Uh, I have a MacBook, MacBook Pro Retina, uh, late 2013, um, and an iPhone 7. Simon? Dan works at Apple, I'd like to point out. Um, I use a Sony Xperia X as my phone, which uh, I got laughed at uh, in New York uh, uh, for using. Somebody literally looked at it and was like, what is that? Uh, in a very New York... I mean, to be fair, you've used that one because your previous phone was an absolute piece of... Oh, it was terrible. Uh, it, that was a HTC M9, which I basically bought because of the name, because it had Ooh. M9 in the name. Um, I'm very. I, I have never had an iPhone, and I I am very happy with Android so far. Um, but I, I might replace this in sort of the f- sometime in the future with a Pixel. I think. Um, in terms of laptop, I use a HP, and I can't remember the exact model. It was bought for me by the department, and it is a pile of jank. Uh, it is terrible. There's about a ten degree window of me opening the screen where it's actually usable. Otherwise, there are bands that go across the screen, or the screen just goes completely white. Uh, also, the battery dies when it gets to fifty percent, rather than you know, like just discharging over a couple of hours. Um, and also, some of the keys don't really work anymore. Wow. Apart from that, it's great. Um, and then I use a, um, I have a Chill Blast Claymore, which I use to edit on, uh, which is a, quite old now. It's like a five year old tower. I might build a new one. Um, and I, I'm a Windows mm. Windows user. That's, that's that's what I use. And in terms, of, oh yeah, and to answer the previous question, in terms of how like do I keep up? I keep I follow Tesla and SpaceX, and that's basically it in terms of how I personally follow it. What I do and what I recommend everybody does is I follow MKBHD, uh, Marcus Brownley, Marquez Brownley, sorry, on um, YouTube, um, who is a fantastic mm. tech reviewer. Yeah, um, and he basically gets you up to speed very quickly. I I always keep an eye on uh, Apple stuff, obviously, but I usually it's it's now a passive eye because you hear about stuff at work Mm. um as far as kind of other tech goes i've never been i used to have a pc um but i'm definitely looking at getting an upgrade to my laptop at some point because it's it's getting old now Mm. it's still you know it's still a great still a great machine but you know a, a late 2013 model it's now 2018 i've had it for a fair while um it's got it's it's pretty chock full um it's got a 500 gigabyte hard drive um but then i've got two or three terabytes of cloud space and i've nearly used all of that oh christ okay got a lot of stuff yeah um the cloud storage is fantastic because obviously with it being uh it's through icloud um it it speaks to my laptop and my phone and anything else i want it to um which is quite uh quite handy uh just for kind of ease of ease of use uh, but yeah, other than that, I'm same again. Um, I always keep an eye on Tesla. I mean, the, the, the other thing I should point out is that as a YouTuber, I really should be keeping a close eye on things like new cameras and new lenses. But I actually don't have an effective way of doing that. I have Marquez for for like phones, basically, um, and for really fancy cameras. And there's a tube filter, which I use to keep on top of YouTube news. But if anyone has a recommendation for... Um, either a YouTube channel or like a newsletter that keeps you up to date on tech that I might be interested in in terms of cameras, lenses, microphones, that kind of thing, hit us up on spongyelectric at gmail.com because I'd want to hear from you. He goes on to say, I'm assuming that you, Dan, are a heavy Apple user due to your job and I'm wondering why it is you enjoy Apple products this much. Sorry for the quite mundane topic. I thought that this, I thought about this stuff because CES just happened um, 
and it's been at the top of my mind. I also just switched from using an iPhone for six years to a Google Pixel 2, and I'm quite enjoying it, despite the software taking some getting used to. Oh, okay. Keep up the ridiculous humor. Ethan, aged 20.564 years. P.S. What? Simon, do what you is this heresy? What? Decimal heretic? <laughs> this will not stand. Mm, yeah. Cast him out. He's a non-believer. <laughs> Ethan, you're a decimal heretic. Ethan, what are you doing? Uh, he had a question. Uh, Simon, do you plan that? on replacing Icarus? May he rest in peace anytime soon. Uh, yeah, I, I do want to get another drone, um, especially if I'm going to be traveling more. As, as, as in my first month of being a YouTuber, I've already, I'm going to be traveling on like four or five different trips um, to different places. And possibly, I just got a very exciting email, possibly going to Jersey, the island of Jersey, to do some filming at Durrell. Um, so I'd love to get a portable drone. Ooh. So I think I might invest once the YouTube money starts coming in a little bit more reliably um, and I've been doing it for a while I'd love to invest in a Mavic Pro and call it Daedalus um, well if you uh, if you want a discount on a Mavic Pro you know who to talk uh, to yeah yeah wink wink uh, our, our mutual friend yeah. uh, you Ooh. <laughs> yes next we have an email from Sam Johnston subject line Mrs Tweedy the chickens are revolting Dan complete that quote finally Something we agree on. Ah, that's a uh, doing that. I'm doing the okay and kissing the hand again. That's very nice. Yeah, uh, un- nice, criminally um, underrated nice. film. Uh, Dear Mrs. Clark and Moore, and Clark is in Rainbow uh, Rainbow Colors uh, Comic Sans, and Moore is in like highlighted orange Dirty on a yellow. yellow background, which is truly revolting. I'm gonna um, uh, skim this because we we have been recording for quite a while already. Uh, we said we were gonna trim this down, but we haven't. Lol. Um, basically, uh, has been considering writing him for a while, but uh, he. He's, he's been waiting and then suddenly we've had enough like-minded opinions that he's reached a critical threshold and he has to gush at us uh, he's a mechanical engineering student mm. at the University of Leicester not been to Leicester it's meant to be nice uh, and I enjoy hearing it on uh, join listening to the podcast at the gym of all places consider me your buffest reader send me a pic I don't believe you mm. my usual resting bitch face lit up upon hearing Simon suggest Pharaoh as a possible game for the two of you to play bearing in mind my childhood consisted, uh, consisted mostly of obscure PC games such as Return of the Incredible Machine Contraptions Wallace and Gromit Project Zoo Age of Empires 3 wow I mean Age of Empires 3 is definitely the worst in the series um, but Pharaoh yes great game um, I'm eternally grateful f- to Simon for bringing my attention to the Chicken Run soundtrack which no doubt contains the finest kazoo orchestration I've heard to date yes I have loved the film mm. since I was yeah. a child but upon rewatching, I found a new source of Star Trek puns that went over my head as a nipper what oh great Scott what's that a Klingon captain Oh, you need to you guys need to watch this film and then listen to the soundtrack in a dark room because it's amazing so many references in it yeah. uh, given your biting political commentary I was wondering your opinions on the thick of it have you seen it Dan? Uh, no I have not either uh, he says I'm sure given the expletive written nature of your friendship you would surely appreciate such uh, creative swearing I do know that, that it's meant to be very good it's yeah meant to be very good and it's there that uh, Peter Capaldi's character walks out of a room going fuckity bye at one point so I, I really should see this. Um, so yeah, sorry, that's, that's our very brief opinion on the thick of it. Uh, it concludes, yours, Sam Johnston, 20 and 153, 365ths. Thank you for the lack of heresy. Team Cat. Uh, we have an email here briefly from Lucas, um, which has got a very thorough email uh, <laughs> correcting Simon about uh, about Canadian uh, and Minnesotan slang. Yeah, I, I mean, um, this is our the almost weekly part of the podcast where we apologise to the nationality we offended in the previous week. Um, I, I will double check with my Canadian YouTuber friends about what on earth I thought I was saying by Cheechum Skeecher. Um, I have no... I got Biscuit right. I remember that. Um, that That's the puck in ice hockey. But yeah, Lucas has basically emailed very thoroughly explaining where 
how what on earth I was doing. Um, so yeah, yeah, my sincere apologies to the nation of Canada and to uh, Lucas. And then finally, sorry to everybody who we haven't um, read out this week. We have been trying to be very selective and, and try and I mean, have less editing to do. But um, we have read every single one of your emails. We love getting them. Please do write mm. in. Um, yeah. But uh, we're going to conclude this week with Luke, uh, Luke Thatcher, who says, Dear Simon and Dan, parentheses, sorry, Dan, uh, I'm a long-time reader and your 17th Top Lab patron. Thank you very much. Hey. I first discovered you through Simon's PhD vlogs when I watched all 12 that existed at that point in a row. You madman. They're like half an hour each. Wow. You watched for six hours straight. My God. Anyway, uh, and I've been watching slash reading since. I'll be studying physics in college next year. The PhD vlogs probably influenced that decision quite a bit. Well, glad to hear it. And I have some questions for Simon. Sorry, Dan. Oh, sorry. This is very egotistical, me reading this one out. Um, question one. Why did you choose to focus on atmospheric physics? And did you make that decision at Oxford or once you start your PhD? Very much when I was at Oxford. It was in my third year when I did geophysical fluid dynamics. Um, and I came across the geostrophic equations for how fluids move on the surface of the, the earth and I was like this is dope this is really really cool um, and so I did like a research project in third year summer and then I went on specialised in fourth year in my, mas- my master's year in atmospheric physics and then did the PhD I wouldn't have been able to specialise during the PhD um, and then two if you hadn't studied atmospheric physics what other areas of physics would you have studied um, I was always very interested in fusion uh, but that's more of an engineering problem now than than you know actual physics. Um, I think if not atmospheric, maybe astro, maybe I don't know. I, I, if atmospheric was always way ahead for me, but like I always I've always found space stuff mm. cool, so maybe astro. And then he has also submitted us a uh, a Python program which calculates your age as a compound fraction. This should really stamp out the decimal her- uh, heresy that's burgeoning like Horus's at the moment. Mm. Um, uh, which is an amazing piece of work. Um, I'm just looking through the code now. I will say, Luke, comment your code, young man. Like, this is readable because it's Python, but absolutely you should be um, commenting your code. It look, I mean, it makes sense. Oh, hang on, there's an updated version. Sorry, he's he, he wasn't happy with his first attempt. Um, wow, this is this is some solid this is solid stuff, Luke. I'm impressed. Mm, good stuff. Yeah, thank you for that, Luke. Uh, I, I will. Ooh, how can we share a .py file? I'll, I will find a way to share this with the, with the readers. Um, it might be on our, our Patreon, mm. um, but I, we might be able to add it as a file to the Wikicast Facebook page. Maybe. Okay, and then um, if you do get this, you can run it in terminal um, for those of you who are on Mac or on Ubuntu. Oh, sorry, Linux and Windows. Not sure actually uh to find a way uh mm. you can run it in an interactive editor like sublime or something but um top work luke gotta say sorry sorry for, for hogging that one dan but um that, that was that was questions for me and programming but um very yeah. very good work luke and he concludes luke thatcher very cool age 17 and two-thirds precisely apparently uh proud supporter of team dog mm. Oh, oh well. Uh, P.S. I'm writing this on my phone at work, so I apologise for any weird formatting. At least I didn't use Yellow Comic Sans. <laughs> Quite right. And Thank God. Thanks, Luke. Great job. Uh, you clearly are working very hard uh, if you're, <laughs> if you're yes. listening to the Wikicast. Incidentally, we waved at everybody who was like walking last time, so a little hello, hi to everyone who's listening to this at work. You're uh, get don't get back to work. We're nearly finished. You can you can keep it on for a bit longer and just ignore work. That's fine. That's that's absolutely fine. It's now that time. But we've got to say a special thank you uh, to our top lad supporters on Patreon. Thank you, guys. Uh, as we alluded to earlier, our 20, uh, our 20 patrons have sold out, but as promised, um, your encouragement and support is... It's it's unbelievable, really. I mean, without wanting to get really soppy and and, uh, and appreciative again, we, we genuinely can't say how much it means to us. Um, 
and it's make it, it makes our kind of lives with the podcast that little bit easier um much much easier in fact i mean i mean honestly the the support of that you guys and and this is to the one dollar people in team cat and team dog as well but particularly obviously the guys who, who are giving five dollars a month which is incredibly generous and every time i got a notification saying that somebody else had donated it was yeah it's it's really quite touching guys um so it will make a yeah. massive difference and hopefully you'll see that soon when we start looking at merchandise options so you know keep your eyes out for mm. that but thank you thank you so much for your support and here come the uh, the top lad names so simon i believe you've got a list with you is that right i have the following attention attention attention, attention. the following are top lads we've got lachlan woods lad john mannion lad nicholas what a lad luke thatcher such a lad oh hang on someone who's called themselves jawa on patreon but i can see that your name is actually is all maybe i shouldn't read that one out thank you to jawa lad it's alex greer ah such a lad jordy eschendahl bit of a lad jono cheeky lad miles kornfeld lad 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 matt mcguire a lad emma kavanagh lad jay wright I mean, it's just <laughs> Jay <No>. Rice! Yeah. <laughs> Such a lad. Angela. Lad. Kieran Kelly. Lad. Wonderful Stephen. Yes, that's actually their name. <laughs> Wonderful Stephen. Wow. Wonderful lad. Tapio Kirkinen. Thank you for the jingles. Nice. Lad. Davi Schram Vontabel. Wow. What a name. Amazing lad. Simon Vase. Lad. Uh, a name that I am definitely going to pronounce completely correctly. Azhagu Nagapan Nagasaravanan. I think. Lad? I think. Lad? Question mark. And then, of course, he's at the bottom of the pile. It's Dan Hanvey. Oh, lad. Lad, 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 lad. lad. That's all of the uh, our top. In, oh, incidentally, patrons. incidentally, uh, Dan, we uh, both Simon and I wish you wishing you well for your uh, your recovery at the moment. Yes, um, yes, very much. We are, you are you are in our hearts and minds. Yeah, um, very very poorly at the moment, Dan. So yeah, we hope you get better soon, mm. and hopefully we'll be we'll be able to take you up on that invite to go and see some fighting robots sometime soon. Mm. Which would be exciting. exciting. But thank you, every single one of you, and thank you to all of our supporters on Patreon for making this podcast possible. So, Simon, what have we learnt today? That's my line, son of a bitch. <laughs> Stole my line. Oh yeah, Soz. All right. Big so, Soz. Dan, what have we learned today? Well, Simon, we've learnt, we've only gone and learnt about the tunnels of Gibraltar. You what, mate? Yeah, we've, we've learnt about the bloody tunnels of Gibraltar, constructed over the course of nearly 200 years, principally by the British Army. Oh, yeah, uh, They, they, what was it, they housed, housed accommodated 16,000 men, they were like twice as long as the, the road network there. I think that was right, yeah. Um, and we, we actually stayed on topic for quite a while this time, because we talked about Gibraltar and, yeah. and Malta, we talked about In Our Time, we talked about, um... Hill 60... Uh, well, yeah, I went through my I went through my reading list, uh, which is which is extensive and a little bit scary because I have a heck of a lot to read in not much time. Um, I also have have an entire um, the Norton Anthology of English Literature uh, for the Romantic Period, which is a massive book. Oh, don't say the sexy stuff at well. the end of the podcast, Dan. Whatever you do, Christ. Oh yeah, Ra- raunchy. <laughs> Yeah, it's been it's been alarmingly uh, informative. We have actually done, and then obviously we had Critics Corner where we we hadn't really seen that much. Uh, but we uh, we might we're going to see mm. if we can go and see the new uh, Darkest Hour film. We're not sponsored by them. Uh, if they want to get in contact, do do get in contact. But we uh, yeah uh, we, we we maybe we'll go and see that and do like a group discussion, possibly on Patreon. Um, and then yeah. we had our first yeah. Agony 
corner if you'd like to submit your problem to that and in a way you know it could be whatever you like but personally I'm, I'm up for giving some relationship advice whatever you want really but you know I I, I enjoyed it and you know so send us a problem and we'll anonymize you and we also had our correspondence corner yes extensive well it was more extensive than we planned but definitely we only read out a fraction of the emails so again apologies to everyone who wrote in we did read every single one that's all for this week's episode don't forget to subscribe to us on your podcasting service of choice you can like us on facebook and if you'd like to see our faces check out our youtube channel spongy and electric tunnel digging techniques agony uncle problems and other thoughts on the show can be sent to us at spongyelectric at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you join us again for another tumble down the wiki rabbit hole and And we'll we'll see see you next time Oh, lordy. It should work. Lordy, lordy. I'm so stiff. Right, I'm stopping recording. This podcast just gets no. me. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Whoops.